Hey everybody, it's Jeff here. Welcome to Freedom Nation and another episode. Today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the four principles of Freedom Day. We've been talking about Freedom Day. We've been looking at what it is and how it works and starting to, to think about our Freedom Day a little bit. But today we're actually going to start to put into place some of the principles and help you understand what it is that when we talk about Freedom Day. So let's get started by talking a little bit about our guiding philosophy. When I started talking about Freedom Day with my clients, one thing I found is this resonates with everybody, whether it was somebody who was older and closer to, you know, what we would traditionally think of as retirement or an example of a kid that I've been working with through one of the local incubator programs who started a company while he was still in high school, created an app that I think is going to be one of the most interesting apps to come out that actually aggregates all of your social media, uh, community information all into one app. So just think of you would go to one app, you'd pull it up and you'd be able to see your Facebook feed, your Twitter feeds, all of your social media in one spot. Um, and at, at some point in time, hopefully be able to interact you know, liking and posting and everything else through that app as well. Even him, I had a conversation with yesterday and, you know, he, he flat out told me, you know, I'm hoping this is going to be my freedom day. I don't want to work for anybody else ever. And I want to work for myself. And so this is, you know, this is a concept that I found really, really resonates with people. So let's talk a little bit about what, Freedom Day, those guiding principles are. And the first of which is gaining control of your finances. And there's really three elements to gaining control of your finances. First off is understanding what your budget is, because if you don't know what the, the bogey is that you're working for, you really can't, you're, you're not going to know what your Freedom Day is. You have to understand what your budget is. Now, this isn't you know, keeping a day-to-day -day budget and tracking everything. If you do not control your finances very well, I would encourage you to actually write down a budget and stick by that every month. Um, one of the tools that I use, um, we, we do a lot of work in our company with the Dave Ramsey organization. We're a Ramsey trusted advisor. And you know, one of the tools we use or that I use with clients and quite frankly, personally, myself is every dollar, um, every dollar you can sign up for. I think it's like six or seven dollars a month or something along those lines. And basically the whole idea of every dollar is you're budgeting every dollar every month. So there is money that comes in that covers you know, your debts, covers your living expenses and also, you know, if, if you're net positive at the end of the month, covers your expenses the other way too, covers your uh, savings and everything else. And you budget for that to the point where it's you know budgeted to the dollar every month. A huge fan of that. One of the nice things is when you pay for that tool, you can actually, you can try it out for free, but you have to log all your own transactions when you... Uh, sign up for it and you are using it or when you sign up for it, it allows you to link up your credit cards, your uh, debit cards, everything else. And the, the benefit of that is it's tracking all those transactions. So it makes it much easier for you to put it in all the different categories. I am not a big fan of using cash. 
I use a credit card pretty much for all of my expenses, and then I pay that off at the end of the month. But one of the reasons why I do that is it tracks every single dime that I spend literally every day. And the benefit to that is it allows me to know how much I spent at the end of the month. Um, and I'm watching that because I'm putting those transactions in and I'm seeing, oh, geez, we, you know, we spent way too much money on this or that during the month. So that is a huge part. It's getting that budget down. And it could be as simple as just writing down what you're spending. But I would encourage you to really track everything you're spending. Don't just guess. Uh, literally write down everything you're spending. And you know, using an app like Every Dollar or Mint, any of those are going to be tools that you can use to really keep track of this so that you understand what you're actually spending. Because a lot of times, if we're not looking at what we're spending, we just start guesstimating, and I will tell you most of the time, especially years of doing financial planning with people and retirement planning, people wildly underestimate what they actually spend. Um, I've had people come to me and say, oh, well, I only spend about $1,000 a month, and we find out later that they're spending about 7000 per month. So it's just, I, I just at the beginning especially, I would encourage you to do this. Um, I find myself going back on the wagon ever, ever so often, I fall off the wagon and not track it. And we, we get out of control and then we go back to tracking and everything gets under control. We're saving money on a significant basis every month uh, as soon as we do that. So I'd encourage you spend the time, build a budget for yourself, understand what you're spending, use a tool to do that so that you're not having to manually do it because anything that requires you to manually do something you're not very likely to do it. Uh, the most successful people I work with on the in the financial world are people who have control of their budget and they've reduced their debt as a result of that. So the next thing uh, of the first principle of gaining control of your finances is reducing taxes. So a couple things when we think about this, and, and we'll go into the tax part of this in another episode coming up where we really get into depth on doing this. But the first thing I would tell you is if you are one of the people that at the end of the year or sometime around, let's call it mid-February, you are super excited to do your taxes because you're going to get a refund back at the end of the year, you're the people I'm talking to right now. <laughs> Waiting for a refund just means you overpaid your taxes throughout the year. And as a result of that, you are getting this check at the end of the year. And you're so excited because I'm going to use that check and we're going to go buy something and all that. And you're not using it for what you should be using it for is reducing debt. The ideal situation is at the end of the year, you either have zero taxes, meaning you've paid the right amount of taxes throughout the year or you might have to pay an extra couple hundred bucks at the end of the year. That tells you that you've planned correctly. If you're getting thousands of dollars back, you need to stop and you need to figure out what your tax, you know, what you're paying in taxes, adjust. So if you know you're getting back, let's say $4,000 and you make a pretty consistent amount of money each, you know, year in and year out, then you need to go in and adjust. And there's, you know, basically the, the 10, the, um, W-2 form allows you to go in when you file it 
Uh, there's a little calculation sheet that you can go through to figure out what your withholding needs to be so that you do not overpay your taxes for the year. So let's assume now that you normally get back, let's call it three to $4,000 at the end of the year. And you say, well, I, I want to apply that money to debt. Well, here's a way to not really change your cash flow situation at all. So if you know you're going to get $4,000 back, what you need to do is go in and calculate what you should be withholding, uh, you know, which, what number you should be withholding. And then if you know that number is about three to $4,000, well, then break that out by the number of paychecks you have throughout the year. So if it's $4,000, figure out what that is per pay, tier, or per pay period, and then use that money to then apply towards your debt. So let's say that's sixty dollars at the you know every pay period it's like sixty dollars or or even thirty dollars. Then you're going to take that thirty dollars and you're going to apply that towards debt, and that debt is not going to be it's not going to change. It, it will reduce your debt, but it's not going to change your cash flow at all. It doesn't hurt. All you have to do is spend a little bit of time to figure this out and then apply that. The other piece of this is with other expenses like that. As you go through and you look at your budget and you start to look at your expenses, uh, there's three major areas that I really say we spend a lot more money than we probably should. Uh, the first of which is on utilities. So what you want to look at is your utilities. Um, you know, what am I spending on electric? Okay, is there an alternative to go to a different energy company where you are at. Um, so you might want to look at that because that's a major expense every month. I know in my area, I mean, now I have solar on my house, so I don't have as much of an expense from the, uh, the electrical side, but I still have a little bit of an expense from an electrical and I'm paying for my solar panels. So those, at least that's a consistent thing that I know. It's never going to go up. It's never going to go down. It's going to be consistent every month. But I do have the ability to control whatever's left of my electric bill, if there is anything, by making sure that I adjust my uh, air conditioners because we're gone during the day most days and it's only our cats in the house. So we don't need to heat the home significantly during those time periods. Well, then that's less energy that we're using while, you know, when we're not at home. Um, we have batteries on our on our uh, solar system. So we, we kind of live off of those in the evenings. So we want to make sure that we're, you know, being thoughtful about what we're using. We replaced all of our, all of our lights in the house with LEDs, which was a major reduction. Um, a couple of years ago, I reduced, you know, changed out an air conditioner that reduced our electrical costs a lot. So, I mean, those are things that might require some expense uh, to, to do that and remove that. But then there's other things like car insurance. Insurance is a big thing. You've got to have it. You should not, you should have life insurance. You should have property and casualty insurance on your home. You should have car insurance where you're legally obligated to have car insurance in all states. But those are things that actually you can shop. And quite frankly, what you should do is shop every year. Uh, an example of this, when I bought my first house, I found a local insurance agent, really liked her a lot. She was fantastic. She got me set up. I was with one of the major insurance companies. And quite frankly, I didn't even look at the, 
I didn't even look at my rates for almost five years. And my insurance agent never reached out to me. Um, I, I never heard from her again. And just so happened, one of my my coworkers that I worked with, we were sitting next to each other one day and he was like, yeah, I just got my, you know, I just got with this new insurance company and uh, really saved a lot of money. Well, I decided, well, what the heck? I haven't, I haven't ever quoted it out to anybody. I've never heard from my insurance agent. So I really have no loyalty to her. And I reached out to this new insurance agency and we looked at my home and my car and we combined those together, just like I had done with the other one. And between the two of those, I was saving almost $700 per year, uh, which is a, that's a big chunk of money that I was basically throwing away to another insurance company. So I personally, uh, right now on the property and casualty side, I actually work with an independent agent who every year when it comes to renewal time, he goes out and he looks and sees what what the best rates are for me and does this. Uh, if you don't work with an independent insurance agent and you want to do this on your own, what I would encourage you to do is, you know, every year, look at what you're paying when it comes to renewal time, look and, you know, go out there and get quotes from several other companies. Uh, one thing you want to make very sure of though, is that you are looking at apples to apples coverage. Uh, there's a lot of ways that somebody can quote you and make that what you pay out less, but you might not get the same amount of coverage. So that's one thing I would encourage you to do is find a, an independent agent that represents multiple companies and, you know, let them determine for you what's the, the best, you know, what's the best insurance to be in at that very time, where you're at, what vehicles you have, you know, what coverages you have on your home. They're going to understand all of that about you. And you want to find an agent who is literally working with you on a regular basis. You know, they're at least once or twice a year, they're reaching out to you and you're having these type of conversations. Uh, that is a big savings. That could be, you know, six, $700 a year. That could take out, you know, maybe some small debts that you have. So once again, you know, this is a way that you can create more cash flow by reducing an expense that can be applied towards debt. Another that I will say in today's world is entertainment. I hear so many people talk about cutting the cord. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to cut the cord. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to have to deal with one of these, you know, cable companies or the satellite companies. I'm just going to, you know, just have internet and then I'll just go out there and do, you know, whatever services I want. Well, the problem is, it's death by a thousand cuts because what ends up happening is, well, I spend $19 for, let's say, Netflix. Well, Netflix doesn't have everything I want on it, so I need Hulu. Well, and that's another eight or nine dollars. And I, you know, OK, fine. I've got kids and Netflix has some stuff on it. But, you know, we want to have Disney. So we're going to get Disney Plus and then we're going to get Paramount Plus because, there's some shows that only are going to be, you know, and this is the trick that they're pulling now is, oh, well, you know, we're not going to have these shows on regular TV. They're only going to be exclusive to our streaming platform. So, you know, once again, you add another five or six dollars here, five or seven, you know, five or six dollars there. In the end, you know, I, I do some budget work with uh, with a few of my clients and, you know, we were sitting down with or I was sitting down with one of them and we were looking at what he was spending and he's spending about $300 a month on entertainment 
all these different streaming channels after he cut the cord. So what's the point of cutting the cord if you if you're basically spending more money for all these services that are out there? That's another thing you should be looking at. And I know people are just getting raked over the coals with this. You might not be one of those people, but once again, it's a big budget item and it should show up on your budget and you need to classify those things as entertainment. Just don't hide them in your your budget someplace else. Uh, The last one that I will say I see a ton of is cell phones. Cell phones and internet are two things that, you know, pretty much most of us have to have. And we start to look at, okay, you know, uh, all right, maybe there's three main players. You know, you've got AT&T, you've got Verizon, and you've got T-Mobile are the three major players that are out there. You know, of course, they're competitive with each other, but there's a lot of other smaller companies out there that are utilizing the networks that these guys have spent tons of money on, and they're coming in less. Um, I'll give you a a really good example. I used to spend about $150 a month on cell phones in my business for my team. And one of the things we found was Google Fi, which at, at one point was a very small little hidden thing within Google uh, that's really grown. Well, Google Fi service, it was awesome because it was $20 a month per line. And then you could pay up for extra data usage. And, you know, as an example, you know, with our with our cell phones we use for business, we really just use them to check email and and listen you know, or, or use them as a phone. So we don't really use a lot of data. So we paid up an extra $10 for data every month and they would refund us if we didn't use all that data. So there's a lot of competition out there and, and more and more and more competition is coming up in these much lesser things. Now, if you're somebody that uses your phone you know, to stream and everything else, yeah, you're probably going to need an unlimited data plan. But if you're not, that's a great place to save and it's a great place to reduce your cost. And once again, you reduce your cost and apply that immediately to debt. You just want to increase the amount you're paying towards debt. So there's no change in your cash flow, because if you have extra money, if if that extra money does not have a goal or a place for it to be, it's going to find places to be. You're going to end up blowing it and spending it. So that's the first principle is really you've got to gain control of your finances because if you don't, you're never going to reach Freedom Day. The second piece of the pie, and this is on an upcoming episode about two episodes from now, is really putting together your blueprint. You've got to calculate the price tag for your Freedom Day. So, you know, once you've figured out what your debt is that you have and you come up with a debt strategy plan to get rid of that debt. So we know at some point in the future that debt's going to go away. And that means all that money that you were paying towards it is going to be able to, or you're just not going to have to create. So that means that's going to reduce my living expenses on a regular basis. So my goal then would be to take that expense away and use that, you know, now I have less that I need to live on. So I need to calculate the price for my freedom day. So when I've paid off my debts and I have what we call a freedom engine, meaning some type of vehicle, whether it's an investment, a business, being self-employed, whatever that is, once that 
Freedom Engine is out there and it's generating revenue, is that going to be enough for me to live my life the way I live today? So what is that number? Well, that number you need to just kind of calculate up and you can use your budget to do that. First off, you know what your budget is. You've seen what you can reduce things to. And then once you eliminate debt, what is the remaining budget? That is your nut that you have to cover every month. And that is what you need your freedom engines to generate to be able to get to your freedom day. Now, remember, this isn't retirement. We're not talking about retirement here. We're talking about the point in time when you have enough assets and income to be able to cover your monthly nut. Doesn't mean that now I'm going to just do nothing and I'm going to go hang out on the beach and, you know, drink Mai Tais all day long. It means that's the day you're financially free from wherever you are right now. Um, whether it is you're working a W-2 job, whether it is you're out there today doing some kind of gig economy job, you know, that requires your time all the time and you're selling your time for money or you own a business and you are just mired in that business and you can't get yourself out of there. Whatever that freedom engine is over on the other side that can free you up or that gives you the income to where your primary job, whatever that is, whether it's self-employed, W-2 or business, you're, you're free. You're financially free from that. That's your freedom day. And so that's what we need to know is we need to figure out that price tag. Uh, and on an upcoming show, we'll talk about putting together your blueprint for that. Uh, right for the right now, you can pretty much figure it out off of your budget and then eliminate the debts that you have in there. And then that's the nut that you need to cover. So that's whatever other vehicle is out there, whatever freedom engine you're, you have out there, that's what it needs to generate for you to be actually free. Then... We're going to talk a little bit about freedom engines. Now, we talked on a previous episode here, uh, two episodes back, about the best business book that I ever read, and that was The Cash Flow Quadrant by uh, Robert Kiyosaki. And in Robert Kiyosaki's Cash Flow Quadrant, he talks about the four types of people that are out there. You have employees, you have self-employed folks, you have business owners, and you have investors. Your employees and your self-employed folks are selling time for money. So they're selling their time for money and that time is limited. So thus their income is going to be limited by the amount of time that they have. The people on the right side of the quadrant, once again, are business owners and uh, investors. Uh, business owners create systems. Business owners create a system that employees can follow. And when they are following that system, that allows the business owner to focus more on what we call finding me going out there, creating new relationships, creating partnerships with other businesses. That's what the, the business owner is best at doing and letting the rest of the company run the show based on that system that you have. And as a result of that, that is something that is sellable down the road you can sell that business because you're selling your systems and you're selling you know, the people that you have working in that business to somebody else for them to buy a business that's running. Uh, the other side of the coin could be investors. You could be an employee, an E, 
selling time for money, but you could take that money and invest in other things, whether it is in the stock market, whether it's in Bitcoin, which I'm not a big fan of. I, I have a little bit of it, but I don't think it's a it's not a good investment. It's a it's a effectively it's a uh, whatever you want to call it at this point. It, I mean, it, it's it's a speculation. Um, people are speculating on it. There is no rational reason why it's you know, Bitcoin's at 60,000. There is no rational reason why it's there. It's just that a lot of people are putting money into it right now. And that a lot of people putting money in could go the opposite direction just as quickly, or the government could come in and, you know, be feel threatened by it as a, another currency and, and the governments around the world could squash it pretty quick. So I, I would not recommend putting a lot of money in it. The other part of it is it doesn't really generate income. Uh, you want to look at places that you can put your money that's going to generate income. And that might be investing in the stock market where you're getting dividends from it. It might be real estate. It might be buying into other businesses, not to run them, but be to an investor in those businesses or running your own business and having that generate an income for you. That's your freedom engines. And that freedom engine needs to be running at pretty good clip while you're still employed with whatever else is paying your bills right now, you need to make sure you get that to a point where it's sustainable so that you can step out. Uh, this is the mistake I made, significant mistake I made, which was I decided I was going to start businesses or start a business and had to start two because I had to quit my other job to to be able to start the businesses that I have today, uh, it was a very, very, very difficult thing to do. And unfortunately, the industry that I'm in, which is the financial industry for one of my businesses, that was the job I had. The last job I ever had was in the financial services industry. And the problem is uh, we have to have approval to start another business. We have to report that to our our regulators that we have other businesses. And the problem was for me to start that other business, which was going to demand a lot of my time, I had to commit, I had to quit my job. And so that was a very financially trying time for my, my family because I literally gave up my income to start a new business and try and get that thing up and running. Um, and it took a good solid three years and some really, really challenging financial times during that time period. So I would encourage you, uh, as long as you can do it, find something that will create enough revenue to be able to replace what you need as an income so that you can step away, not really have a major impact on your income and be able to then focus on that new business and growing that new business. The last component, and we'll talk about this, uh, this will be the last thing we talk about today, and that is once you are free, you got to help others to find their their freedom day. This is, a, this is, I think, a key component to doing this. If you are going to find freedom, you need to help others find the same freedom. So I encourage you, once you have created your freedom day, you need to figure out ways that you can help others. Maybe it's that you just mentor a couple people and help them figure some of these things out. Maybe it's that you get involved in things like SCORE, uh, which is, is through the, the Small Business Administration or an offshoot of the Small Business Administration. 
Um, it's the service core of retired executives. So utilizing your experience to help others get businesses started. Uh, there's just a multitude of different ways that you can help, but I highly, highly, highly encourage you to try to help others once you reach your freedom day, because that's the giving back. That's the gratitude for you getting it to that point. You didn't do this all by yourself. Um, you know, I helped you. I'm giving back by teaching others to do this. I mean, I've found my freedom days. Um, I've, I'm working on freedom day number three, um, you know, with this business. And we'll talk on, an, on a very close episode here when we start to talk about freedom engines. Um, I am starting a separate freedom engine with this podcast, and I will be reporting out every single month what the revenue is, you know, to give you an idea that even me who has multiple businesses and I'm, I'm very financially comfortable, um, I wanted to be able to show you that I can, you know, I was able to start another business and I will report to you just the income off of that business uh, with the show. And, and we'll do that once a month going forward, uh, just so that you can see that this can be done. Uh, this is not BS. So look for ways to help. Um, I will say in my world, I, I am very busy, but I find time to mentor. Um, I participate in a local incubator program through one of the local high schools. I've been involved with that for about four or five years now. So even before I was free, um, I really wanted to help others start to understand the freedom. Uh, my first freedom day was really freeing myself from working from other or working for other people. That was the, for me, even though I built another prison for myself, starting my own business and, and it being more self-employed than a business, that was a huge thing for me. Um, that was a huge step for me to be able to go out there and prove to myself that I could make my own paycheck. And yeah, it wasn't much at the beginning, but it's built and grown over the years. And now I make way more than I need for my, to be free financially. I freed myself for my second freedom day from my business. So I want others, I want to help others. Um, another portion of it is any of the revenue that I make in my businesses, 10% of that goes to uh, a foundation that I started that focuses on education, specifically education in the financial arena, um, in the, you know, the incubator world, teaching people how to start businesses, getting them out of debt, all those things. So we, we've refocused money from that foundation for those purposes. So that's, you know, I, I, the four principles for Freedom Day. It's just critical. I think all of these are a piece of that. You can't just Think about yourself and say, okay, well, I'm free. That's awesome. I'm going to go, you know, sit on the front porch and whittle wood. You've got to be able to give back. And I would encourage you to continue to give back. And I will say, when you create your first freedom engine, you'll start to open your eyes to other opportunities and other things. And, and you become addicted to it a little bit um, when it comes to finding opportunities. So I thank you all for listening in today. Uh, we are out there on all the major podcast channels. I would highly encourage you to find 
uh, where we're at. Make sure that you download. Make sure that you give us a, a five star if you if you like what you're hearing. If this is helpful for you, I encourage you to go out there, uh, give us a five star rating. Put comments in. I'd love to get comments. I'd love to share those. Um, what we'll try and do is gather those up and we'll focus a special show on just really answering questions for people. Uh, so wherever you're listening to us, um, please, uh, please comment. Love to hear you. So we'll be back. Uh, we do shows five or three days a week. So Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, we release shows and we really encourage you to, um, to listen in and hopefully this will help you get to your own freedom day.